0: The blueberry industry is like no other. Passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the production, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, President of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the business of blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. We're back after a phenomenal week at the virtual conference and expo. Thank you very much for all who attended and made last week such a special experience. During the week, we had the opportunity to talk about inspiring possibilities for the industry. And we want to continue that conversation in today's episode. Joining me is someone I'm very glad to have on our team, our new USHBC Vice President of Marketing and Communication, Jennifer Sparks. Jenny, welcome to the business of blueberries.
2: Thank you so much, Casey. The feeling is mutual. I am thrilled to be here.
1: Well, it's fun to have you here, here, which is here in our offices in uh, Folsom, California. And uh, I'm just very excited for what you're going to bring to our organization and to this industry. And for those that didn't get a chance to be introduced to you last week, maybe you can share a little bit about your background and and kind of what drew you into this position.
2: Absolutely. The majority of my career has been in the floral industry, where I, uh, for 17 years, was vice president of marketing with the Society of American Florists. And although we did not have a mandatory checkoff program, we did do a lot of consumer marketing through voluntary funding, primarily geared towards public relations and health research and talking about the Health and well being benefits of flowers. And we did that in some very creative ways using some of our membership in some experiential marketing programs. And it was just a really interesting way to promote the benefits of a product that for a long time had been promoted as just something that was beautiful to be able to turn that message around to something that actually was positive for your own health and well-being. And as the years went on, to be able to really look at what was happening on the consumer side and be able to tailor those messages so that it related to their lifestyle. And that's really what attracted me to this position and the blueberry industry, because I can say fully that I am a tried and true blueberry consumer have been since I was a child. It's the flavor that I always gravitated to. And I would say even just within the last two to three years, my blueberry consumption has gone through the roof. And there's a lot of reasons for that. One of which is just the quality has improved so much. So we can talk a little bit more about that. But I believe that if you are going to be marketing a product, you have to truly believe in it. And I do for blueberries. So I'm happy to be here.
1: I'm excited for you to be here. I'm excited that uh, so many people have uh, expressed their excitement of having you be here. And uh, just a great week last week to have you kind of jump in feet first with our virtual conference at Expo and people getting to know you a little bit through that experience. And so that was a great first week. And again, we're excited to have you here in the office this week. But before we go much further, into some highlights from a virtual meeting last week and how we plan to inspire the possibilities for our industry. It's time for our crop report. We really enjoy getting our group together to record these week after week. There's always important information to be shared and plenty of personality to go with it. So here once again is your blueberry crop report.
0: It's time now for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from those in the field. As harvest winds down in many areas, today you'll hear from Jason Smith in British Columbia, Luis Vegas in Peru, and Doug Kramer in Oregon. This was recorded on October 7th, 2020. Jason
3: Smith, British Columbia, Canada. We're pretty much wrapped up for the year. Uh, There might be a little bit um, going on, picking, but I, I think most people are basically finished. The crop as I've mentioned before is down fairly significantly I guess uh, from from last year you know I heard some numbers like maybe as high as 160 but it, it's still we still haven't got any uh, of our assessments in or anything so I you know that's just very 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 preliminary Jason what varieties would they still be picking up there well I finished my Aurora on Saturday. So, if there's any kind of aurora maybe left, I think most Elliot is done. But there's there's maybe some aurora under tunnels and stuff that people will will still be picking, but not significant volumes by any means.
4: Hello, everybody. This is Luis with the report from Peru up until the end of week forty. Uh, so, week forty has been the the week with the with the highest volume of fruit exported worldwide. Actually, Peru it's uh, getting it to so its peaking week that it's forecasted for week 43. Uh, so, in week 40, Peru has shipped 55 million pounds worldwide. From those 55 million pounds, 11 million pounds approximately were shipped into the US. Blueberries should be arriving uh, to the US market on week. Up till this point of the season, Peru has shipped 150 million pounds, uh, that represents an increase of 54% versus the previous season. Uh, and regarding our forecast, uh, it remains the same as on the previous report. However, our picking week has shifted one week from week 42 until, uh, to week 43. So that's the report from Peru.
0: Good morning. This is Doug Kramer from Oregon and Oregon is done harvesting at this point in time. There's probably a little bit more fruit to be shipped out of the coolers. Uh, Overall, Oregon had a good season, probably excellent on the quality end. about the same on the uh, volume side. Our Oregon blueberry commission Lowered our uh, projection for the year down to 155 million from 160 million. I would, they're still projecting the 45% of our fruit went fresh and 55% went into the freeze. Harvest just ended on my particular operation yesterday. So that's why I'm pretty sure there's some fruit in coolers yet that need to be shipped but probably in the next week all that'll be cleaned up also so Oregon's done and as soon as we get our assessment in by the end of November then we'll have a much better handle on where we are volume wise so that's it for Oregon for the season thank you (laughs)
1: Well, thanks again to our growers who take the time each and every week to provide this great information. We try to get these crop reports right around the time the podcast is released, so make sure you're subscribed to get this information as soon as it's reported. Again, I'm here with USHBC Vice President of Marketing and Communications, Jennifer Sparks. Jenny, what stands out to you from the experience last week in the virtual conference?
2: Well, what a great way to be introduced to the industry more formally. What stood out, number one, was the people. Very down to earth. Uh, It reminds me a lot of the people that I worked with in the floral industry, and I love that. People who are extremely smart and truly believe in their product and very excited about bringing those benefits to the consumer. I also loved hearing a, a lot of the speakers who were talking about the eating experience and the need to delight the consumer. And that is so key when you are marketing a product to the consumer is to know that um, no matter what you know about your industry and no matter what your thoughts might be, the important thing is what is it going to say to the consumer and how there was a lot of discussion about creating habits so that it's not just a one-time purchase, it's how do we get them coming back and coming back and wanting more and finding new and different ways to use the product. And I loved the discussion around that. And particularly Todd Egan from Costco talking about when he's looking at his berry purchasing and making sure that his consumer is going to be delighted all along the way. um, And that's really what he looks for. I think that is such an important component, again, of marketing to the consumer is what does it say to me? In the past, traditional marketing was talking to the consumer, and now it's having a conversation with them. It's bringing them into the fold. It's showing them that you know them as in terms of their lifestyle and how how your product can fit into their lives. and um, And that's what I always like to keep in mind, no matter what the program is, is, you know, what is it for the consumer to get them to go not just be a purchaser, but an enthusiast and a loyalist to the product?
1: Well, and I know in your work with SAF, the Society of American Florists, that uh, you know you would put on a large conference once a year, and and yet you know in this current circumstance, we had to pivot to this virtual conference and uh, bringing all these people together. But I would say. Obviously, one of the things that was exciting for me for you to experience, because I was excited about seeing how many people were registering, we had over 1100 folks in the industry registering to attend the event we had on average, it appears to have about 300 people a day that were in and out of the conference. And we just touched a lot of people. And so as you came into this position, maybe you can Just give your sense of what that inspiring possibility felt like for you, you know, what, what is the future in your mind for blueberries as you go forward from here, you know, looking at what you saw this last week and the group of people that we're working for and the growers that are uh, represented by these efforts, what excites you? What's the inspiration?
2: You know, I think when you enter a new industry, there's so much to learn. And there, and I, I did dive in um, feet first, um, still so much to learn. But what I saw last week in particular was the collaboration, even between the two organizations of NABC and USHBC and how all of that works. And I love the new positioning of the inspiring possibilities because I think it brings it all together and really does help to clarify what each of the missions of the two organizations do to be the ultimate, which is to inspire possibilities within the industry and then ultimately to the consumer. And the positioning for 2021 of the grab a boost of blue, I could not be more thrilled with that. I loved the agency's presentation and all of the strategies and tactics that are planned. To be able to reach the consumer in new and different ways and to inspire them. That action-oriented grab a boost of blue, I think, can be applied to so many different ways that blueberries can fit into the consumer lifestyle. And it's just a matter of reaching them in a way that will connect with them.
1: Well, I absolutely appreciated not only the work that went into Boost the Blue, you know, starting with that foundation of the brand reveal, just giving everybody a sense of the way the foundation of the house is being built from uh, kind of that reorganization of the look, feel, the understanding of what the two organizations represent. That's been a, a work in progress since January, essentially, uh, when we kind of kicked off the need for that, you know, moving into a March meeting. But what that does is it just really creates that tone and tenor for the organization. It was inspiring for me to just watch, you know, uh, leaders like Brian Bocock and Carrie Ann and Denny and Jeff, of course, our committee chairman, take the lead and really encourage their fellow industry colleagues to run with this and let's wave the flag and and really drive the category. And one of the things from last week that came out of our conference with Dr. Rim, I believe it was Dr. Rim, that said the healthy swap. And, uh, I just thought that was the boost of blue combined with a great example of why that health message continues to pour forward for blueberries. Maybe you can talk a little bit about your experience with that health research pipeline, like blueberries has this halo and, you know, we're both expanding and protecting it because it just has this phenomenal connection. Even Michael Hyatt in his keynote talked about it's one of only three fruits that he can eat in the keto diet. And, and so it's just got this incredible positioning But you've got a lot of experience with that, you know, using health research and in the case of floral behavioral health research, maybe you can kind of talk about why that foundation has been so important to the product going forward.
2: I think, you know, when you have research that you can point to that shows that your product is healthy for the consumer, that's fantastic. The blueberry industry has so much research that it's really important to make sure that we can make it digestible for the consumer. So in other words, blueberries are high in antioxidants. Well, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for me in my lifestyle? And so I think because there are so many great studies pointing to health benefits, there's so many opportunity particularly on a PR from a PR standpoint to reach so many different media outlets, but customize it to their readers and viewers that makes it meaningful for their lifestyle. And that's really where I would love to start digging into that. And a lot of the work that I did within the floral industry is taking that health research that we would do, mostly from a behavioral research for flowers, since you're not ingesting flowers, but to to use those researchers as the spokes people to take the initial research out, to unveil the research to the consumer press? And then from there, how do we take those messages beyond that in a more informative, entertaining way for the consumer? So there's lots of ways that you can use to be able to dissect it and and make sure that you're getting as much leverage out of that research and those studies as you can. It's important to make it relatable so that people can see the health part of it but then the ease and the convenience and all of that and bring it all together.
1: Yeah, and I think that just is what makes the work that was done on the Grab a Boost a Blue so great. The other thing that was fascinating this last week, which was a first for our industry, you know, because of the virtual conference, it gave us the opportunity to do things differently. But working with retailers, in fact, this week we awarded two retailers. Uh, Todd Egan was a keynote speaker and Daryl from Publix, who was part of the 20th Anniversary Award. Uh, just a great opportunity for us to recognize retail partners in ways that we historically hadn't ever done. We did two in one week. That's certainly one thing that I think has been you know, missing in that initial blue wave where you have a retailer like him you know, representing a rather large stake in the uh, success of our industry over time. And that's why he received the Alex Weatherby Award was He has done a lot in his own right, but there hadn't been the connection that we saw created this last week where he was able to talk to growers directly. And I think for those listening, you know, if you get a chance to go back and listen to that keynote remarks by Todd, it really sets you into a clearer understanding of what they're looking for. I mean, you know, his topic was the search of the perfect blueberry, and he's got a vision for how that how his organization is going to go about driving that demand within his what he called his customers his members. And I think connecting with him at the level we did this last week and just helping him show, you know, what it is that we bring to the table. I know during the the uh, shutdown, you know, we geofenced the Costco stores to try to make sure that before people walked into that store, they were getting pinged with an alert to consider buying blueberries from us. And and Those are the things that, you know, we can be collaborating on, especially in times like that. But more importantly, as we go forward from here, connecting dots with relationships with people who are influential in their consumer relationships, their customers, in his case, members. And I think there's just so much of that opportunity out there.
2: I agree. And I think that what I came away from the conference last week was so inspired by not just the meetings because that was a you know an internal look at the workings of the organizations and all of the great hard work that you know has been done and continues to be done but then the educational content that was provided was so valuable and i can only imagine that those who attended came out of that so inspired to be able to create those relationships and know how to do it and i think that organizations like NABC and USHBC, that's the role that we have to play, is to be able to help make those connections. And that's the value that the organization brings to the industry.
1: And and I think that's something we're going to you and I talked about this just yesterday, actually, you know, just the value proposition of NABC and, and where USHBC is a federal checkoff and NABC is a trade member driven dues association. A lot of what I think we'll see over the next year is people joining NABC for that connection. What we're offering in both the virtual and in person is, you know, suppliers and stakeholders and customers having a place to get together and help us drive this boost to blue. And I think to me, uh, more than ever, the industry needs to come together to figure out this next blue wave because that's really where the secret sauce is in all this, that if we can continue to run towards that vanishing point of opportunity there is going to be a lot of success together in driving that demand up. And to the extent that I've had conversations with growers who feel like that saturation of the consumer base has been met, you know, um, the facts don't agree that there is uh, really a lot more left out there that we need to tap into. And that doesn't even include the global demand conversation, you know? So the fact that, we may be feeling like blueberries are everywhere. And thankfully, we've done a good job driving awareness. But now it's a matter of innovation and driving that category towards these new ideas, new creative. I know that I appreciate seeing even the microbrew business embracing blueberries for their brews. And not that that hasn't been a thing, but you just see increasingly more people getting creative. And that's really what we need is people thinking about these possibilities. So kind of coming back to the whole brand proposition and how we got here that this next wave needs to be inspired by all the creatives that are out there that can take this healthy, incredible blueberry and do some new things with it that we haven't thought about yet or we need to do more of.
2: That's right. At one point, one of the meetings that I sat in about the, one of the food service programs and a bartender and, you know, in a a blueberry Manhattan or something. And, and just again, it's that, wow, I never would have thought of that. I never, Oh, I, I loved that. And whether it's something that you might not drink again, but it makes you think when you are in the store next time, Oh my gosh, I'm going to get blueberries because there's so many different ways that I can use them. For me as a consumer, my best way of using them is not necessarily in a recipe, but I just like to eat them right out of the container. And that's the majority of my consumption. Somebody else is going to be someone who loves to try new recipes. And and that's why we need to be touching all of these people in lots of different ways.
1: Well, it's Um, funny that you brought up the drink example, because it was said, I think I heard, you know, and this conversation, so this might not have been exactly that,
0: uh,
1: that recipe example, but where, you know, that's just not enough blueberries. Like you're not going to light the world on fire with, you know, a drink and, uh, you know, a couple of blueberries splashed in there. And that's, that's true. But what I think you're saying, and I, and I think we made this clear was, if in that case, it's a bartender using blueberries, it's because somebody procured the blueberries, not just for the bar, but those are blueberries that are being used now because it's not, they're not buying it for just that drink. Now we're infusing blueberries across their menu. They're being forced to use the fresh or it could be frozen, but, but in this case, let's just say it's fresh. And it just shows the versatility inside one operator, what can be done with blueberries and how you need to continue to think of the new ways to innovate.
2: And as you use those operators to use blueberries, you are then getting to your ultimate consumer in a different way. You know, when I talked earlier about authenticity being so important with the consumer, they want to be part of that conversation. They want to be engaged. So those social media channels where, um, you know, it's not just about getting followers, but it's about getting them to engage with it, ask questions comment um, and then get an answer back. You know, though all of those things are important for those, all of those touch points to touch the consumer. But if I can, I want to turn a couple of questions back to you. Oh no. Um, okay. <laughs> because, uh, you know, being new to this industry, uh, and I think that my perspective being really fresh, but I think having you talk to me, but it also might help the audience also embrace the new positioning Um, for inspiring possibilities and what that means for each of the organizations and then the two organizations together and kind of give a little bit more description of how all of that came about and how it all fits together, if you can.
1: Yeah, well, and I think what we were running into was just, you know, the confusion that existed between which one does what. And if you're paying assessments to USHBC, are you a member of NABC or people who thought that one was the other and the same. And, and it was just in my early tenure, just getting started, it was clear, like we just were running into this identity issue between the two organizations and their and, and their unique value propositions. One, as I would say, when I got started after kind of getting my arms wrapped around it, and I'm still getting my arms wrapped around it, but it became clear that one is this advocacy kind of pioneering Driver organization that was there from the beginning, which is NABC, and and continues to play a, a real pivotal role in leadership and direction, and then the, and then the demand driving organization that is really the innovator, the one that has the resources to kind of do stuff, try some new things, and inspire people to consider blueberries. And you need dollars to do that. The checkoff was created, you know, 20 years ago now to help do that. But what we were missing and what was clear, and this, you know, again, was a conversation back in January when we were onboarding with SRG, Bob Creaney, then the promotion chair at the time, just looking at this going, you know, we didn't have all the answers that they were asking. Tone, style, what mark we needed them to use, colors even, like it was just, uh, it was kind of a, a confusing palette of assets. And we just had to have that kind of tough talk, like our organizations need some attention and kind of that deferred maintenance needed to be dealt with. And so this is that project that unfolded, uh, approved in March by the board, and then ultimately driven forward to uh, uh, a conversation about the fact that these two organizations are working together, right hand, left hand. And what are they doing together? I just love what, what the conclusion was, is together we're inspiring possibilities. We're showing how we can go into the world with blueberries we're showing how we can market blueberries we're showing how we can fight for blueberries you know we can we can do a lot of things with these two organizations serving their unique ids which is what you have two organizations that now have their uh, very unique identifiers while at the same time a continuity in their look and feel and how they then ladder up to a an effort that i think the industry has been leveraging for a long time. But I think with you on board and, and the team putting shoulder to the wheel on what the new vision for the organization is going forward, both of them and their efforts, uh, it's just an exciting time. It's exciting to have you here as part of this uh, kind of transition as the organization goes forward into its next 20 years. I'm just really grateful for your enthusiasm and the inspiration I, I, you've already brought to our team about your experience and, and what you see as the future for you know being our vice president of marketing and communications.
2: I'm thrilled to be here. So thank you so much.
1: Well, and thank you for jumping on this uh, episode in your second week. And, you know, we'll be doing this again and again. In fact, we're going to introduce the uh, marketing minute. And so uh, you're not going to go too far away here. You're going to be hearing Jenny's voice on future episodes of this podcast for a segment that we're going to be calling the marketing minute. So similar to our crop report, this will be a short update about something timely and relevant uh, related to expanding demand for blueberries. So stay tuned for that. Well, that's it for episode 17. We'd love to hear your feedback. What would you like to hear on a future episode of the podcast? I want to make sure that we are making this more and more valuable for you each week. So please reach out and let us know uh, what we could be doing differently or better. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on The Business of Blueberries.